Today's Parenting Great Kids podcast is brought to you by KiwiCo. KiwiCo creates super cool, hands-on projects for kids of all ages that make learning about science, technology, engineering, art, and math really fun. KiwiCo's mission is to provide the next generation of innovators with the tools and foundation they need to become creative problem solvers and critical thinkers. Kids can create their own arcade games, construct a hydraulic claw, or tinker with electronics and motors. Friends, I use these with my grandkids. For instance, we play ocean games that promotes thinking and logical skills by matching and sorting colorful sea creatures. Then there's neighborhood fun where you explore a whimsical neighborhood map and it helps strengthen their fine motor skills. These games come in a lovely box delivered right to your door. KiwiCo is offering parenting great kids with Dr. Meg Meeker listeners the chance to try them for free. To redeem this offer and learn more about their projects for kids of all ages, visit KiwiCo.com slash Meg. That's KiwiCo.com slash Meg. And by Circle Round. Friends, if you're looking for a great screen time alternative for your kids that you're going to enjoy too, check out Circle Round. This storytelling podcast for kids comes from WBUR Boston's NPR station. It features acclaimed theater, film, and TV actors sharing folk tales from around the world. Stories explore topics such as kindness, persistence, and generosity. Friends, this is a great way for you to help keep your kids off of screens and do something fun. So rather than constantly saying, no, you can't look at your screen, now you have a positive alternative to give them. Circle Round. Subscribe to Circle Round via Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. For 30 plus years, I've seen every type of child grow up. Instead of giving me what I wanted, she gave me what I needed, which was truth. Don't let emotions win. Let truth win. Do your very best, and you should have a lot of fun while you do it. And the better you get at something, the more fun you're going to have at something. You moms and dads are wired with everything you need to be a parent to a great kid. Welcome to Parenting Great Kids. This is episode number 55. I'm your host, Dr. Meg Meeker. And today, we're going to be continuing a great interview I had last time with Dr. Tom Lacona. We're going to be talking about raising kind kids. My guest, Dr. Tom Lacona, has his PhD in developmental psychology He is Professor of Education Emeritus and Founding Director of the Center for the Fourth and Fifth R's, Respect and Responsibility, at the State University of New York at Cortland, where he's done national award-winning work in teacher and parent education. The book Moral Education, a handbook, calls Dr. Lacona the father of modern character education. 
He is a past president of the Association for Moral Education. He speaks around the world on fostering moral values and character development in schools, families, and communities. His center's work was the subject of a New York Times magazine cover article called Teaching Johnny to Be Good. This is going to be a great podcast, so stay tuned. As always, I'll share my points to ponder for you to start using right away. And remember, don't just download these episodes. Click subscribe. When you do that, you're joining my parenting revolution and every new episode will show up in your subscribe list. You won't regret it, I promise. We'd love for you to write us a review on iTunes and let us know what you think of these podcasts. These are for you. Not only are we on iTunes, but the Parenting Great Kids podcast is also available in the Google Play Store and on Stitcher. So no matter where you get your podcast, subscribe today and you won't miss a single episode. Friends, do you get sick and tired of saying no to your kids over and over and over? Of hearing them argue with you and one another? Or do you have difficulty with your kids never listening to you? Or not feeling like your home is in control, that life is kind of chaotic? I get it. And I can help. You need to check out my brand new Hot Off The Press Discipline with Courage and Kindness course. It's on my website. Let's bring back order and peace and calm and most importantly, fun into your relationships with your kids. So parents, thanks for listening. This is episode number 55. Stay with us. And now my points to ponder. Friends, I'm using the same three points I did last time because they're very important and I think they help summarize and augment what Dr. Lacona was talking about. Point one, teach kindness to your kids. As much as we parents would like to think that our kids are born perfectly kind and lovely and gracious and empathetic and always wanting to help others and give to others, the reality is they aren't. That first time you see your two or three-year-old wrap her brother on the head with a book or take a toy away from a friend or yank something out of a sibling's hands, you realize that kindness is in your kids, but also there's impishness. They have a bent towards doing bad. That's just how kids are made. It doesn't mean our kids are broken or bad or created upside down. It means, friends, that we need to teach our kids kindness. It's a learned skill. Sure, there are kids with a personality that's bent towards being kind more than other kids. And sometimes kindness comes more easily and more naturally to certain kids. They're gentler. They're more empathetic. They think about other people. But just because you may have a child who doesn't do those things doesn't mean your child can't learn to be kind. Kindness must be nurtured. So I'm going to issue a challenge to every parent listening. Three times a week for a month, have your family sit together for a meal or a game or a meeting, very informal, and have each child say something kind or positive about every other child in the circle. And it wouldn't hurt if you had your kids say something kind about you and your spouse as well. 
You might want to tell your kids this ahead of time so they can think about what they're going to say because sometimes on the spot, kids just don't know what to say. Point to ponder number two, model kindness. Friends, you know that your children are sponges. They're imitators. If you've had a child who's over five or 10 years old, sometimes you find that the words and the phrases that come out of their mouths are exactly your words and your phrases. Kids will imitate the way we talk, the way we walk, the tone we use, the words we say, our mannerisms, our body language, our inflections. So it's really important that if you want your children to grow up to be kind teenagers and kind adults, they need to see what kindness looks like. They need to hear how kindness talks. They need to watch how kindness touches how kindness responds in order to become kind themselves. It's really important that you pay attention to how you talk to people in your home. Do you find that you're constantly criticizing your spouse or a child? Or do you say critical comments about yourself out loud all the time? You know, ladies, I'm tired of hearing many of you say, oh, I've just got to lose that last 10 pounds. What's wrong with me? Stop it. You're training your daughters to feel like they need to lose weight too. That's just a tiny example. I don't mean to pick on you women, but that's the kind of stuff we tend to say out loud. We criticize ourselves. We criticize our children. We criticize our spouse. And often we think we're doing it to help, but we're not. It harms our kids. It harms our spouse. It harms ourselves. So it's really important that you model kindness in front of your kids particularly in the way you speak and the way you treat them. Third, expect kindness in your home. There's absolutely nothing wrong and actually something very important about telling everybody in your home and reminding them periodically that your home is a place of comfort. It needs to be a place where every member comes and feels wanted and can rest and it's an inviting place. It's a place where everyone can come and be themselves. So tell every child and your spouse that kindness needs to be represented and practiced in your home. It's expected of every single person in your home. Let them know that schools and athletics and other activities are places where there's going to be a lot of criticism. And coaches may not be nice, and teachers may not be nice, and other friends or students may not be nice. But when they come home, they should expect that they will be treated with kindness. Ask each family member to help you make your home a place where everyone works hard to create a kind home. It's a wonderful exercise to sit down with your kids and ask how they think they can show kindness to their siblings and to you. And then ask them what they think other kids could do or what you can do to make your home a place of kindness. Friends, I want you now to listen in on a conversation that I had with Dr. Lacona. Remember, this is the second half of my interview that I had with him. I know you're going to really enjoy it. Let's talk for a minute about, you talk about the, the importance of respect and fairness, about teaching respect and fairness and living it. And how are those things related to teaching kindness in kids? 
Well, first of all, we've got a body of research now that's at least a half century old that shows that there are three styles of parenting. Authoritarian, which is entirely top-down, a lot of yelling and screaming, um, not much reasoning, little warmth and nurturance. Um, basically, the parent is dominant. I did a show the other day where a mom called in and she said, I'm 52 years old. I was raised by an authoritarian father. I don't think he ever knew me. And she said, I totally relate to what you just said about the two outcomes of that. And the two outcomes for that style of parenting are the child is either submissive, doesn't develop a strong sense of identity, um, doesn't have confidence and so on, or the kid rebels, gets to the point in the teens and says, I'm not going to take this anymore. You can't boss me around. I'm out of here. So you get those two kinds of outcomes. And this mother said, I'm 52. I don't know who I am. I don't have my own opinions. I'm like a sponge. I don't have a sense of purpose. And I was raised by this kind of a, of a father. The, the second style is permissive. Kids rule the roost. They walk over their parents. Parents are high on love, but they don't have confidence that they have the right to be respected and obeyed. The style of parenting that works the best is authoritative. It combines love, use of reasoning to motivate compliance to rules and requests and expectations so that kids understand that you're not doing this in an arbitrary way. It's because you want what's best for them, so you do use reasoning. Um, and, it can, and those two things, love and reasoning, are combined with confident use of authority. Parents know they're in charge. They'll give their kids a fair he- hearing. Um, they'll listen to their point of view if they re- express it in a respectful manner. But ultimately, mom and dad have the final say. That provides a lot of security for children. Parent, children who have parents like this uh, will often describe them as, as firm but democratic. Firm because they have principles and values they don't compromise on. Democratic in the sense that they're willing to engage in reasonable give and take, listen to their child, take their point of view into account. And so it's, it's, and those parents will explicitly say that they want their child to obey and they have a sense that they have a right to that obedience. If you don't have respect for your child, you're going to have trouble teaching them anything. Uh, and standards right. of behavior, you're not going to be able to hold them accountable. They're going to sass you. They're going to have less and less respect for you as they get older. You're going to be dealing with swearing and slamming doors as teenagers. So respect literally lays the foundation for everything else you want to teach. And you mentioned fairness. Um, That also is crucial because kids have an intense sense of fairness, and you can't shut that down. You have to be willing to talk to them about that and, and to listen to their perspective on a given situation and to teach them certain kinds of things that they don't naturally understand. For example, kids will think that, Fairness means everybody gets the same privileges. And you have to say, well, no, you know, your brother couldn't do that when he was six either. And so you're not going to get to have a sleepover until you're older. You can't take that bike ride uh, 10 miles because, you know, you're not old enough to be safe in that situation. And right. you can even put a sign on the refrigerator, fair doesn't mean same. Uh, right. Par- parents yes. treat kids differently because they're, they're different ages, different maturity. You can't drive a car when you're 12, you know, and so on. So uh, we have to help them understand what fairness means and what it doesn't mean, but also take seriously their fairness issues, especially in sibling conflict. I mean, one of the huge sources of stress in family life is kids fighting and arguing with each other. So I, I really strongly encourage parents to have a dedicated space in the home for conflict resolution. You could call it the solutions corner, you could call it the conflict corner, but... Uh, the talk it out space, but it's where you go when you're having a, an argument or a fight with a sibling. And you have to talk it out, work it out, and then come back with a fair solution. And in the beginning, you have to coach them through the process. First, you calm down. Take, you know, The work on mindfulness is helpful in this regard. Be in touch with your breathing. Yes. Use it to calm yourself. 
and so on. Then you take a turn saying what you think, what your feelings are, what the problem is, what had just happened. You give your point of view. But then you show understanding of what your sibling said by bouncing it back. That's called active listening. It's a hugely important skill in marriages and relationships in general. Did you hear what the other person said? Can you show them that you understood that? Then you're ready to find a fair solution once you've got mutual understanding. Okay, well, what's something that you, we would both think is fair? And with practice, kids can master these skills. I know elementary schools that have this in place from first grade up, and the kids get to be very, very skilled at conflict resolution without the presence or intervention of an adult. And I know families that have done family meetings where kids get the picture that you can talk out problems. You don't have to yell and scream and fight. You can talk things out. You can work out something that's fair to everybody. So teaching how to solve problems fairly, enormously important, a competence that they'll carry forward in life. It'll make a difference in their marriages. It'll reduce the likelihood of uh, marriages breaking up if you know how to talk things out, work things out. And don't you think that going through exercises like that, conflict conflict resolution and um, respecting another person's opinion and voice and feelings, and then having seeing that another person respects you know your voices and feelings, um, really does nurture empathy in kids, and it and it does nurture kindness in kids because. Um, they don't necessarily feel so maybe so out of control. But how old do kids need to be in order for parents to begin teaching kids this kind of conflict resolution? Is there an ideal age? Yeah, I mean, I I think it's better to err in the sense of trying early than waiting too late. We you know, bad habits can develop fairly quickly if kids have an experience, for example, of getting their way by being aggressive, using force, or whatever. Then, then that starts to take root in their personality and their character. So, even even in the preschool years, I mean, I've I've found working with our kids that they can you can talk to a four year old, even a three and a half year old, about something not being fair, and then you have to listen to the other person, and, and you can break this down in a simple way, and you, by observing how your child is responding, you can get a sense of how much they're tracking you and what they understand, what they don't. But it's it's better to try to teach these things at a young age so that they begin to get in the wiring and you're in even just making the effort to do this as a parent is sending a message that this is the sort of family we are. We listen to each other, we respect each other's feelings, we try to work out problems when we have disagreements. So mm-hmm even in the preschool years. I love it. Well, I'm asking that really kind of selfishly. I'm thinking of my granddaughter, my grandson. My grandson's almost three and my granddaughter's almost five and she... She's older and and a little more cunning, and she will do something to aggravate him, and she'll do it in a way that maybe her parents can't necessarily see because she's a smart, you know, manipulative Uh. little little thing. But wonderful. But... but, and, And then... His only recourse, since he can't really articulate anything, is he'll just uh, bite, he'll uh, bite her. And then so she'll come and scream because she's been bitten, and then everybody feels yeah, sorry yeah, for yeah, her yeah, because yeah, her yeah. little brother bites. And I thought, well, you know what? You know, what else can he do? He, he, he can't. He's not as smart as you. So I'm going to work. I'm going to start trying to use that with my grandkids. I love it. But, and, and she'll be able, but, but she'll be able to true. understand that if, she, you know, if you explain in a way that, look, you know, this is what he's got available. This is his coping strategy. You're doing X. Yes. He's doing Y in response. And, and that, you know, yes. she needs to feel that, 
look, you know, part of being kind to people is bringing out their best, you know, help, not their worst. You know? So you need to help people to not bite, to not provoke them, to give them a, a way of, of behaving that, that's their best self. And she's setting him up for, for the biting and she can understand she has a responsibility. If you, <laughs> if you love somebody, if you're kind, you, yeah. you don't, you know, you don't, uh, set traps where they're likely to be, be at their worst. Exactly. And I, and I, you can see, and I think that's a fairly common pattern that siblings will, will, will begin is that the older one will sort of tease the younger one and the younger one doesn't have the skill set to respond in, 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 in kind. So they do something that's really bad. And, um, but I think that it, that it is really important to start teaching kids early on because I think, that sibling conflict is a source of a lot of angst in homes. And how important do you feel that it is if siblings are fighting? Because I get a lot of questions about, you know, siblings who fight and parents, you know, what do I do? Um, One of my kids tends to be a bit meaner than the other, and maybe that's a personality issue. But to sort of say, okay, you know, we need to not only learn how to resolve this conflict, which may take longer, but how is important important is it to have the sibling that's offended the other one to go to say, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Um, even, and parents will say, well, I don't want to make them say that because I don't feel that way. How do you coach parents through that? How important is it for siblings to apologize to one another? Well, I think it's it's very important. Um, you may want to find new words for it. Sometimes kids will say, sorry. And obviously, they don't mean it. Right. So, I think it's a good idea to give them different language, where they might say something like, I apologize for calling you that name, or would you please forgive me for taking your whatever without without your permission? And if, if you give them different language, there's a better chance. And then also, you say, look, I do want you to... To, to feel sorry and not say say words when you don't really have the feeling. So let's talk about what happened. So you try to get the child's feelings aligned with whatever words they're going to say. Sometimes they've got a beef that somebody else did X or whatever, but you, you do want them to have a, have a fair hearing before they initiate the reconciliation. Also very important is an apology of action. A lot of uh, parents will correct their children, mm. which is important essential we have to correct misbehavior we have to do that sometimes with feeling one mom said to her little girl two and a half who pulled another girl's hair on the playground you know you hurt amy pulling your hurts never pull hair and she got a clear message that that was wrong and mom takes hurting seriously but then there's okay what can you do to make up for it when you do something wrong you should do something good to make up for it that's an apology of action uh-huh. and when you do that the child has a chance to engage in a positive behavior not simply to know that they did something that was bad and to feel bad about that, but to do something positive to make, make things better. So requiring restitution as part of the discipline pattern is just, just very, very important, and it ends things on a positive note. Parents, I hope you're enjoying my conversation with Dr. Tom Lacona. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more of my conversation with Dr. Tom Lacona. Friends, as a busy parent, it's really hard to find time and energy to make sure that you're eating well and eating right. Sunbasket makes it easy and convenient to cook healthy, delicious meals at home, no matter how much experience you have in the kitchen. That way, your family can eat better, feel better, and skip the grocery store at the same time. Just go to Sunbasket app 
and pick from 18 weekly recipes like fully loaded beef tacos with Mexican simmer sauce. I'll tell you, friends, eating Sun Basket makes you feel like you're somebody really special in the middle of the week. I especially love Bucatini Pomodoro with olives, pine nuts, and ricotta salada. And there's creamy feta and cucumber flatbreads with cypress black-eyed peas. Eat food like that, you're going to feel like a queen or a king. Sunbasket has paleo, gluten-free, lean and clean, vegan, Mediterranean, family options, and a lot more. Sunbasket works with the best farms and suppliers to bring you fresh, organic produce and responsibly raised meats and seafood. And friends, I'll tell you as a pediatrician, I'm all about feeding our kids organic. Everything they use is pre-measured and easy to prep. You can get a healthy and delicious meal on the table in about 30 minutes. There's something for every healthy journey and every busy lifestyle. And you have listened to me know I love Sunbasket. Go to sunbasket.com slash Meg today to learn more and get $35 off your first order. That's sunbasket.com slash Meg for $35 off sunbasket.com slash Meg. Armed with the measurements of millions of women, Third Love Bras are designed to fit real women, moms like you and me. Whether you've just had a baby, whether you've just lost a bunch of weight or just gained a bunch of weight, Third Love Bras fit and they feel comfortable too. For many of us women, bras can be a real struggle. They're too tight. They're too short. They're too big. They're too droopy. Not with Third Love Bras. I love my Third Love Bras. They're comfortable and you don't even know they're on. No more awkward fitting room experiences. With Third Love's Fit Finder Quiz, they help you identify your breast shape and find styles that fit your body in less than a minute. Just answer a few simple questions. With 60 sizes ranging from AA through G, including half cup sizes, Third Love guarantees a perfect fit. And they really do, folks. Third Love values comfort and quality with straps that won't pull or slip. Ultra soft, smoothing fabrics, and lightweight memory foam cups. The labels are even tagless, so they're not itchy. Plus, returns and exchanges are always free and easy. Third Love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone. So right now, they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash Meg now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash Meg for 15% off today. Can you give some examples of, of what you would have somebody do for restitution? Say, for instance, um, seven-year-old Amy is constantly pulling um, her six-year-old sister's hair when she gets angry. So you go to her and say, you can't do that. Pulling her hair hurts. I'd like you to apologize. And then I'd like you to do X. What would that X be to as an action of apology to her younger sister? Well, um, first... You do it, begin with the words, you know, I'm very sorry, I, I pulled your hair, I know that that hurts, and 
I promise not to do it again. In a way, the, the promise is part of the restitution because it expresses an intent to reform the behavior. Um, and then it's, you know, um, you could even ask the person, what can I do to make up for it? I mean, if a kid's upset a parent because they didn't fulfill a responsibility because they created a lot of upset in the house, we can teach our children to ask the question, Mom, what can I do to make up for it? So if you've done something that's really mean to a sibling, you'd say, what can I do to make up for it? Um, so that's one thing. Another thing is just to, is just to do something nice. You, know, you offer, would you like to, you know, maybe play a, a game, a video game that you have that they, you know, that they like, or you give them a chance to use some some toy that that um, you treasure and you know that they would enjoy playing with, or you say, would you like to do, you know, whether it's have a catch or um, play outside or if you, whatever you know that they enjoy doing. So you're extending the opportunity to engage in, in a positive mm-hmm. experience that you know would yeah. make them happier. I love it, and and just to and, and just to encourage you know parents listening, just be creative. You know, just be creative with your kids and say, okay, what would you know be pleasing for the one who was sort of the victim in the fight? Yeah, and that's great for empathy development too, where you say, okay, well, what do you think would make make yes. her feel better? What do you think would make her forgive you? Because yes. she may be angry and not want to forgive you. And sometimes right. the reconciliation and the apology can take the form of saying, would you please forgive me? That's a, that's also good language to use. Mm-hmm. But to enter into the feelings by saying, yeah. by asking the child, well, what do you think would make her feel better? Let's think about that. And maybe giving her time. Say, look, well, I'm, look i got to go do something. You know, I'll come back in five minutes. Let me know what, what you think might make her feel better. And then she's got five minutes to really think seriously about how to how to make things right, how to repair the damage. And I think, too, sort of what you're talking about at the the beginning of the show, where you engage kids and ask them to take a little bit of responsibility for, um, you know, conflict resolution or healing or being creative and saying, what can you do to help your sister? You are part of this family. You're an integral part. And your words and your behaviors matter to everybody in our home. So, you know, let's sort of dig into that and find some ways that you can add something good here, something good to a sibling and i.e. to the family. We only have a few minutes left, and I know our time goes really, really fast here. I wish I could keep you on for a whole nother hour. Um, one of the most common issues I see is parents will write to me and there's a divorce situation. And um, often in a divorce situation, there's a lot of animosity between the divorced couple. And mom will parent one way and then dad will com- parent a very different way. And how do you encourage that parent who's trying to say, you know, I'm trying to do the best with my kids. I have rules in the family. It seems to me that one of the parents has stricter set of rules or boundaries in their home. And often the other parent, usually the parent who sees the kids less, is very lax with rules. So you've got two completely different parenting styles. But what would you say to the parent who says, I'm trying really hard to teach my kids to follow rules in my home. I have rules. I have curfews, bedtimes, doing laundry. But whenever they go to the other parent's home, no rules apply, and I spend a lot of my time sort of being the mean parent, where I'm trying to teach kids conflict resolution and teach kids rules. And I feel like I take one step forward and three back. 
what words of encouragement would you give to that parent who's really trying to raise kind kids and do the things we've been talking about over the past 40 minutes? Well, uh, you can do a mini family meeting with a child. You can do that one-on-one where you sit down and say, look, you know, we need some rules. Every house has rules. Um, your dad's house might have different rules, but you know, this is my house and, and we've got to be clear about the rules. And um, here's some ones that I'd like to have um, that I think are important and Really, those aren't negotiable, but we can work out the details together. Uh, part of it has to do with picking stuff up, uh, clean up after meals, and so on and so on. And again, giving your child voice and letting them have a chance to respond to what you're saying. But basically, the, the deal is this is your house. And they understand that. If they they go to a school, they don't get to say, well, gee, you know, uh, I got a friend who goes to a school where the kids can play cards in the back of the room and they don't have much homework on the weekends. And say, well, sorry, this is... This is your school. We got our expectations, and you you know that even when you go f- from one teacher's classroom to another, some teachers are very strict. Well, you got to deal with that. You got to accommodate to that teacher's expectations. You go out for a sport. Some coaches are going to have really tough rules for training and practice sessions. And if you want to be on the team, you've got to honor those rules. And you can say, you know, I if you don't agree with what the dad is doing, I had a call just the other day from a mother who said, "I'm divorced. Um, my husband lets." My son do whatever he wants, to stay up as late as he likes, to watch anything he wants to watch. And when he comes to my house, he says, I want to go by dad's rules. What do I do? And I said, well, you explain. Right. My house, my rules. Um, uh, but and but kids will understand that if you draw this analogy. When they go to school, they have to shift their behavior to adjust to the adult authority that they're dealing with. But to also explain that, you know, kids really don't look back on getting away with stuff and doing whatever they want as the best thing they they often wish their parents had cared enough to be stricter uh, that they hadn't gotten into the trouble they got into because their parents were permissive and so they they need to understand that no is a love word rules or expectations that really help you become a better person to develop your character etc you'll be happier in life if you have a good character it's one of the secrets of a happy life and and so you're really doing it not just to make life tough and unhappy for them you're doing it as an act of love and that's an important message to send. Yeah. Parents who love their children, discipline them, have high expectations, don't let them get away with bad behavior. And um, and children really have a need and a right to expect that kind of thing from their parents, that sort of yeah. love and support. I'm so glad you said that because I really encourage parents because I know they get very, very tired and very weary, you know, living and trying to parent your kids as a single parent in the home. Um, if you're a divorced parent, is exhausting. But I really try to encourage parents, you know, if you take the high road and you do what's right and good and best for your kids, they will recognize it on a deep level and they will be very, very grateful. It, during some years in their lives, they may say, oh, I just want to go live with dad. I just want to go live with mom. She or he doesn't have any rules. They're the nice person. But they know deep down that's not really true. And they know deep down that you're really working hard for them. So just hang in there and keep at it and keep at it. Because taking the high road does work. And and I, you know, at least when your kids are in their mid to late 20s, they're going to come back to you and say, thank you so much for working so hard. Uh, my guest is Dr. Thomas Lacona. The book is How to Raise Kind Kids and Get Respect, 
gratitude, and a happier family in the bargain. One of the best parenting books ever written. Everybody needs to go out and check it out, read it. It's an easy read. It's a great read. It's very practical. It makes a lot of sense. And you just have so much wisdom. Uh, You know, I just love listening to you talk, Tom, because I sort of, I can see you talking to your grandkids and saying, now let's do this and let's do this. And that inspires me as a grandmother to go try to help my uh, little grandson to stop biting his older sister. So thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you. And I just want to affirm what you said, May. We, We have a legacy to give to our children. We don't want to sell them short. We want to share our life lessons, what we've learned from being on this planet, the mistakes we've made, the, the wisdom that can help them in life. They're going to have to find their own way through struggles. They're, they're, they may end up making choices we don't think are the best ones. But while we've got them, we need to share everything we can. And, and as you've pointed out, you know, if we aren't giving them messages about what's good and what's bad and what's right and what's wrong, the culture is certainly going to move in to fill the vacuum. We don't want that to happen. We need to give our best. A lot of voices out there, and we've got to make ours the loudest and the best and, you know, and the most instructive. So thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Well, thank you, Meg. It's been a delight. Well, friends, this is the point in the podcast where I always get social and answer your questions. Today, because I wanted to play the full interview with Dr. Lacona, I'm going to skip that portion. But don't worry. I will be back very soon with a podcast devoted to just you. The whole podcast will be me answering as many of your questions as possible. So if you wrote in with a great question, not to worry. I'll get to it. Parents, you know I love answering your questions. And even though I couldn't get to any today, please keep sending them in to me. You can email me any parenting question to askmeg at megmeekermd.com. Again, askmeg at megmeekermd.com. I want to thank my wonderful guest, Dr. Tom Lacona. You need to read his book, How to Raise Kind Kids, and many of his other wonderful books. Let's recap my three points to ponder. One, teach kindness. Two, model kindness. And finally, expect kindness. So until next time, parents, always remember that great kids are raised, not born. Hey, this is Bobby, producer of Meg Meeker's Parenting Great Kids podcast. We hope you've enjoyed listening to episode 55, Raising Kind Kids, part two. And thanks to you, Dr. Meg's parenting revolution has grown to over a million downloads. You can like Dr. Meeker on Facebook and follow her on Twitter and Instagram at MegMeekerMD. As a reminder, go to MegMeekerMD.com and sign up for her newsletter for giveaway opportunities and updates. And don't forget to share the podcast, write us a review, and click subscribe so you won't miss an episode. 